for discipleship for this what is our first week what is our disciple as I've already said already we'll just go through this quickly that we're looking uh, at, at a few different subjects over the four weeks the goal of being a disciple uh, which is to become like Christ uh, the cost of being a disciple which is to take up your cross and then the final week which is the purpose of being a disciple uh, which is to make other disciples and so we're putting this on because we want to help people in their walk as they grow and uh, each week there'll be a different interview so you know the the word disciple means student or learner or, or somebody who follows and Jackie touched on that in what he said but I, I thought this was a great quote to start with uh, uh, it's simply this that it says true disciples live in such a way that everyone knows they belong to Christ that you're actually just following Christ but initially you belong to Christ and that's why you want to uh, follow Christ to illustrate the importance of this at the beginning of Jesus's ministry one of the first things he does is this is he calls a, uh, he calls people to him uh, and he makes a team out of them and he wants them to follow him for three years and then he gives them the responsibility to go and do more of what he's already done so the passage we're going to look at is this is Matthew 4 verse 18 and it says this it says one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee he saw two brothers Simon also called Peter and Andrew throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living Jesus called out to them come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people and they left their nets at once and followed him a little further up the shore we saw two other brothers James and John sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee repairing their nets and he called them to come too they immediately followed him leaving the boat and their father behind this is the beginning of Jesus's earthly ministry and the first thing he does is he rounds up these fellows to be part of this team uh, as he goes out and ministers at the end of his journey and I'm going to share this next passage this is what he does he says uh, Jesus came and told his disciples I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this I am with you always even to the end of the age it's important for us to see as part of discipleship that God has a plan uh, and it's illustrated here in what Jesus does in the first story and in the second story in that on just a normal day rather than going to the local uh, Bible college or temple Bible school in Jerusalem he's just out and he picks some ordinary men uh, who were just doing ordinary things like fishing and he, he just simply says to them he says look come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men he then spends three years with them and they follow him at times they get it right at other times they get it dreadfully wrong but they follow him and see what Jesus does and after Jesus dies he, 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 he shares with them this he tells them this is what you need to do and we relate to this because this is our responsibility as well because we're asking well what is a disciple well a disciple is somebody who belongs to Jesus somebody who follows Jesus but somebody who also takes on the mission that Jesus has given and we're going to look at that further on in the other weeks but I think this is so important to understand that there is a plan and Jesus initiates his plan by calling these fishermen 
changing their life by simply saying, listen, stop what you're doing. He says, come and follow me. What an amazing opportunity. I love their response. He says, immediately, he says, they left. There was none of this, you know, people say, oh, I need to have time to think about it, not need to go home and tell the family. He says, immediately, the opportunity was too great for them to refuse because this was about the rest of their lives and following this amazing teacher called Jesus who was going to go to the cross. But he has a plan. Recently, I've taken up a new hobby, um, Lego. I love Lego. Decided that I just need a hobby that just sort of takes my mind off church stuff and, and that. So I took up Lego and I love it. It's very expensive and that, but I have a loving wife and she buys it all for me and stuff like But she sold everything else that belongs to me. <laughs> and so I've taken up this Lego and I thought Lego is a lot like discipleship. Uh, because what happens, and this is the latest thing that I've built, because it is a lot like discipleship, because there was a plan and a picture to start with. This was the latest thing I built. This is the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars, because I'm a Star Wars fan as well and stuff. So I thought I'd build the biggest piece of Lego. It's seven and a half thousand pieces. It's massive. And I finished it, but the only problem is I've got nowhere to put it in my house. So if anybody's renting a room out that I can actually... My wife doesn't want rid of the Lego, she wants rid of me. So if you want to rent out... So I, I decided that... And what you get when you get the Lego, you get all the pieces and you get this booklet. This is the booklet and you follow the plan. And that's the box that it comes in and stuff. There's 7,742 Lego pieces in it. It took me eight months to build and stuff. And, and you know, I know some of you are thinking, you're a pastor, you should have been praying. But listen... <laughs> Even pastors need a bit of downtime, do you know what I mean? And this is mine, so, and I built it. And this is me starting to build it. That's just the frame of it. And that, that sort of covers our kitchen table, uh, all of it. And, uh, and so it's it. And so as you build it, you see it coming together until you complete it. And this tonight was a perfect incentive for me to finish that Lego because this time last week I hadn't finished it and, and I thought to myself, if I'm going to use this as an illustration in church, I need to finish it. So I finished it last Monday and it now sits in our house. But as I thought about discipleship, I thought, this is exactly what God does with us. Because often the times when we come to growing as Christians, we think we're going to just drift into things rather than making choices to do something. God gives us a plan. He expects us to follow the plan. There's a picture of what will happen if we follow the plan. And when it's complete, this is what we're looking for when God does something in our life. You see, discipleship as a believer is the same. You are given the picture through the word the plan to get there, and all the pieces required to become a full disciple of Christ. Because what happens with most people is they make a decision and they think that's it. But what we're encouraging people to do is to keep going with that decision, to keep going to follow, to belong, to make sure that you're learning, to make sure that you're studying. Because discipleship is the essential ingredient in what it is to be a Christian. So it's important that we talk about discipleship, but it's impossible to talk about discipleship if we don't talk about discipline. Because when Jesus takes these fellas out on the road and he tells them to do certain things, he's simply saying this. He says, imitate me, copy me. 
Make sure that, 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 that you're following and, and listen, if you see me do this, this is what I'm expecting you to do, you know. And he gives them this amazing responsibility at the end and he says, listen, I'm away back to heaven. Uh, but what I'm doing, I'm leaving you lot to go out and tell the whole world all about me. As a matter of fact, what I'm going to do when I tell you to do that is I'm giving you the power to do that as well. Because you've spent three years with me and you've become my disciples. Now go and make other disciples. Go and get other people, not to follow me, but get, sorry, not to follow me, but to follow Jesus Christ. And that's the responsibility of what it means to be a disciple. You see, and so we're there with that discipline. Is there, when a man called Billy Sunday, who was a famous preacher, was converted, he joined the church. Christian man put his arm around his shoulder and he said to him, he says, Billy, there are three simple rules I can tell you uh, for what you need to do if you want to grow as a believer. Because he was telling him, you'll not drift into this. You'll not just flow into it. It'll not just happen. You know, there was so much in my experience that is a conscious choice that you have to make about if you want to grow as a believer. But anyway, this older Christian said to Billy Sunday, the famous preacher, he said, do this. He says, take 15 minutes each day to listen to God talking to you. Take 15 minutes each day to talk to God and take 15 minutes each day to talk to others about God. And he just simply put that discipline in there because you cannot have discipleship without discipline. The whole thing with discipleship when we say what is a disciple is that you have to incorporate some discipline. We've said it here for years in churches. We, uh, we used to do the youth work in this church. We, we still say that to people. Uh, you want to grow as a Christian, do three things. He says, read the Bible, because that's God's word to you. Pray uh, and come to church. He says, if you do those three things, those will help you as a disciple to grow. That's it. There is no fast track to this. No amount of podcasts you listen to. No, no amount of, of blessing meetings that you go to where people will put hands on you and hope you tingle. None of that will make any difference because there is a surefire way of growing as a Christian. And it's simply this, to read your Bible, to pray and to come to church. And when you find yourself in a church, you find yourself in a place where people will encourage you and, and, and care for you. And, and you heard Jackie. You know, Jackie hasn't drifted for 53 years. Suddenly ended up here tonight and just to share, well, it just sort of happened. You know, just sort of came to church when I felt like it, read my Bible when I felt like it, prayed when I felt like it. There was nothing in that with what Jackie said or anybody else that's been on the road for a while. Why? Because it's a conscious choice to do something. Say, so not just a drifting in uh, to do this. And Jesus teaches that. You see, often we, we fail because we want to do our own thing. Because salvation is not a process, but discipleship is. It says we're, we're not gradually saved. We're, we're saved, either saved or not. But discipleship is a process. It's something that we grow into. We, we don't grow into being saved, but we do grow as disciples. I love when Jesus called the first disciples away from being fishermen. He says, the call to follow preceded the purpose of the calling. He says, come and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. You know, imagine me just saying this tonight to one of you. Come follow me. You thought, well, where are we going? Random matter. <laughs> just follow me. He says, just go out the door. I said, well, where, where are you taking me? He said, well, don't worry about it, you know, it's, that's not important where we're going. He says, just follow me. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, Jesus does it and he says, come follow me, I will make you fishers of men. 
And he does the same thing at the end story that we read in Matthew 28, when he simply gave the purpose for the whole church, for everybody that ever put their trust in him. Uh, because he says to the disciples that day, he says, you've had a good three years, you followed me. Uh, he said, you've seen me heal some people and pray for some people and we preached the gospel and we shared with people God's love. He says, do you know what you need to do now? You need to go and do exactly that. What's mean exactly that? He says, well, you spent three years with me. You followed me. You've done this. And Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. He says, all nations, that world at the time, wasn't like you could do today where you fly the other side of the world in less than 24 hours. There was parts of the world that was unknown. And Jesus just gives them this amazing responsibility and just simply says, go into all the world and make disciples. That's what a disciple is. He says, too often our problem is this. We get it and we keep it it's ours I'm saved and that's fine he says but actually that's not what scripture teaches scripture teaches for us to go and make disciples in our schools in our neighborhoods uh, in our workplaces in our factories all of that uh, and so here the response of the disciples was equally important because there cannot be any discipleship unless it's a totally committed life read a story don't know if it's true or not but there was a pig and a chicken and they were talking <laughs> and the pig and the chicken decided that they were going to uh, do something for the church they said it would be nice to provide breakfast for the whole church and so the pig and the chicken are having this conversation until the pig thinks hold on a second if we're providing breakfast for the whole church he says for the chicken it only requires an involvement because he's got to just provide some eggs pig realizes for me he says it actually requires total commitment and that's a difference often with us as believers it's actually the totally committed life that we're almost afraid of it says matthew 16 24 when they will look at this in other weeks and uh, reese and rebecca Hughes are going to be taking uh, two of the other weeks and they simply said and jesus says to his disciples whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself take up their cross and follow me uh, and that in there it tells us that there's actually more than just belonging and following must deny himself must turn his back on himself must give up things himself we can't preach an easy christianity to people that simply says you know come put your hand up for jesus and you know you just sort of fit him in with your life you know what i mean has read something this morning and said there's no point sticking you know i follow jesus all over your social media if your life doesn't sort of show that represent that he says, you know, Jesus is the most important thing in my life, other than my money, my boyfriend, my car, my girlfriend, and everything else. He says, actually, he says, must deny himself, but then must take up his cross and must follow him. There is always this cost to discipleship. When we look at this subject of what is a disciple, and Jesus says further on, he says, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. I mean, Jesus drops this for people that sort of, what do you mean, everything? And it's like everything. You know, there's no, and we're like, we're going to give up everything. He's like, well, everything, everything means it's got to all come second place to me that it's first. Because it's not enough for those just to make a decision. It's actually got to be something that says, hey, I have to deny everything, give up everything, put everything into second place. And he says, they cannot be my disciples if they do that read this last year we preached on it in a sermon series as the crowds are following Jesus 
because they were so fascinated about what he was doing as he was healing people, touching people's lives and changing them. And Jesus turns around and, you know, if you've got a crowd following you, you know, it's a good thing, unless they want to kill you. But it's a good thing if a crowd wants to follow you for some reason. And Jesus turns around and he says to them, he says, basically, you know, listen, if you're going to follow me, you've got to do all of these things. And everybody sort of just disappears. You know, and we're like, well, I would have been happy with the people following, do you know what I mean? Why upset the apple cart? You know, these people are here, they're following Jesus. But Jesus understood something that we have to grasp when it comes to discipleship. And it's this, that a call for commitment disturbs the uncommitted and attracts the committed. The committed always vote with their lives. That's what it costs us. What is a disciple? What is somebody who follows Jesus? He says, those who commit it with their lives. Most people get into difficulties and trouble as believers because they're lukewarm with their following. They're lukewarm with their commitment. I can live in both camps in a sense. It'll fit in with both worlds. And you say to people, it doesn't fit in with both worlds. It's denying yourself. It's taking up your cross. It's putting everything else in second place. And, and those are not easy things to hear. But it's what's expected of us because of what Jesus says to us. He says, you know, they immediately followed him, leaving their boat and their father behind. You know, to follow Jesus, to grow in discipleship means simply this, to leave other things behind. The woman at the well in John 4, 28, she comes in the middle of the day because she's one of those women nobody else wants to associate with. So she comes in the heat of the day and Jesus talks to her and he's not really supposed to talk to her and stuff. He's not the done thing, but Jesus talks to her and this woman's suddenly amazed at the stuff that Jesus is saying. She's come to collect water for the village. She has this conversation with Jesus. It's recorded in John chapter 4 and it tells us, it says, she left a water jar she left the reason she'd gone to the well to go back to tell everybody else about Jesus who had told her everything about her life which included all the nasty stuff that not everybody else knew nobody wanted to be associated with her she left that Matthew was a tax collector I mean boy we don't like tax collectors today do we nobody works for the tax office here do they no just checking like okay but back then they really hated them and it says, Jesus comes one day, and there's probably all these other good people around. All these other people that could have been picked. And he goes to the tax collector, which everybody hates, because nobody wants to give their money away, particularly to these people. Jesus says, come and follow me. You imagine the people looking around and saying, he called him, the tax collector, the one who's been ripping me off, or as you say in this part of the world, the one who's been stroking me. He says that, he does that, and Jesus calls him. What does he say? He says Matthew immediately got up and followed Jesus. He left behind what he was doing. You see, there has to be this thing of leaving behind, of denying yourself, of taking up your cross. Last Sunday night, if you were in church, it says it was said about Bartimaeus. He says Bartimaeus left his cloak that he'd been using for begging and he followed Jesus down the road. Why? He didn't need to beg anymore. Jesus had given him his sight back. You know, you see, disciples grow in the Lord by being equipped through his word and empowered by the spirit to lead with and overcome the trials of life. But my time is up, but I want to encourage us tonight because it is an encouragement that actually in, we talk about discipleship 
because God simply wants all of us to grow in some particular way. As I read this, I'm challenged to think, how do I need to grow as a believer? What do I need to do more of? No, there's nothing I'm going to drift into here. There's nothing that's just going to happen in my life here. So what do I need to make a committed effort to do? If I have to deny, is there stuff that I have to give up? To take up, is there stuff that I need to leave behind? Because it's an ongoing process, discipleship is. And I've finished with that challenge because we've said at the beginning and we've heard from Jackie, well, what is a disciple? One who belongs to Jesus, one who follows Jesus, but one who also takes seriously what Jesus says. And taking seriously what Jesus says is the one who denies himself, who leaves everything behind, who takes up their cross daily. And so there was no other way to it. It's a challenge. It's a massive challenge, but we've got to stop preaching this message that simply says, all we want to do is see people put their hand up. It's not helpful to anybody. It's not helpful to people who put their hand up, and it's not helpful for us as churches, because what we've got to do with people is say, listen, this is a serious call for people who want to commit their lives to Jesus Christ, not just as people who want to belong to him and follow him, but because the responsibility of the mission to go and make disciples of all nations is a responsibility that we all have. Let's take a moment to pray and then the team are going to come up and finish with a final song. Father, we thank you tonight. Father, as our time is up, we thank you, Father, for the words that we've heard. We thank you for Jackie's story, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for the, the stuff along the road, Father, that you have taught him and taught many others, Father. But Father, we're challenged tonight because this is just not about us putting a hand in the air or responding to something, Father. This is about us prayerfully seeking you. Is there things that we need to deny? Is there things that we need to give up? Is there things that we need to stop doing? What a challenge. Because, Father, we're not looking for an easy life with easy decisions. Father God, we want to be a committed group of people that, that follow you, that belong to you, that take seriously the calling that your son gave, which is to go and make disciples. And Father, we as this church here in Living Hope, Father, we take that seriously in this community, that where you've planted us, Father God, we are to make disciples of those people who live in this community of the Shankle Road. And Father, we take that seriously because, Father, we live it seriously. Because, Father, we're believing, Father, that you can change lives, not by decisions that people make, but by people becoming fully known disciples of yours, Father God. That we will know people that they belong to Jesus because they are your disciples. And Father, we just say thank you for that tonight. Father, continue to speak to hearts as the service ends tonight, Father. Challenge us, Father God, as we look at this amazing subject over these next four weeks. In Jesus' name, Amen. <laughs>